everybody, it is the 3rd of April, 2018, this is Raptors in the Kitchen, uh, I am Pac Rodriguez and I'm joined by Tommy Vass. Hello. Uh, I was going to do a, a reference for each intro but I've already fucked it again, in, oh, true, yeah. you used in true Raptor style. That was your thing for a while. I was going to say, where he's going, he doesn't need any roads, it's Tommy Vass. Mm-hmm. That's Back to the Future. Uh, yeah, well done Tom. And, uh, Back to the Future 1 and the start of 2. When they said alien, he thought they said illegal alien and signed up. It's Neil McCulloch. Hello. Do you get you know that one? I steal. It's his reference. Uh, do you know it? Um, I th- feel like I should know. Damn right, uh, you should know. I am in the same position as Tommy here. Where really, neither of you know that. Quote. I recognise it, but I can't think what it is. I think of aliens. It is aliens. It is aliens. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I think I'm pretty sure I've used that as an intro thing before. But, uh, mm. it's a good one yeah so much like many of the films we're going to talk about today it was rather derivative pretty much yeah, that's, yeah. I was going to say like this is maybe the last time we'll do the, the reference thing because uh, Ready Player One ruined that for everyone yeah it did because um, <coughs> it's shit yeah we'll be talking about Ready Player One Pacific Rim Isle of Dogs Annihilation some of Cock Blockers which Neil's seen and it uh, was probably uh, chucked out the cinema for oh, a power what? cut and okay, uh, just Tomb Raider. Yeah, okay, the, I, just I, I could have told front, that story fine, you know, to introduce it, that, but that could have been if a, you just want to like, kind of reel in glaze there. over it, man, you know, now everyone knows yeah. the story for that. Yeah, they do. Well, you could, you know, I mean, I wasn't there, there might be more to it. Was no, there more to it? No. more to it. Okay, that's fine. 40 minutes, was it? About 40 minutes. And you, that's enough the, the, to give a critical, decent review of Clockwalkers. Well, well, uh, what happened was that when I the Clockwalkers, I watched about 40 minutes, the screen went blank. Woman comes in, says, "Power cut, get out." And right. yeah, I enjoyed those forty minutes. So the power cut like lasted long after you guys had left the well, cinema and stuff. I, I don't actually know because everything seemed to be working when we left. So I don't know if it was just a power cut in a certain part of the building, and just a policy as if there's that kind of thing they need time to go and check. Um, safety, have you ever you ever had like a power cut when you're watching a film? I don't think so. I mean, like fire alarms and stuff have gone off. I think I feel that's, like that's I the feel like there type. has there has been a power cut at least once, but like I don't remember what the film was or whatever. Like, and I think it just came back on like ten minutes mm-hmm. later. Do you remember the fire alarm? Yeah, uh, our mate Santino uh, had accidentally pressed the fucking break glass button in the kiosk. Yeah, when we worked at the cinema. But the yeah. funny thing, we were actually in watching Sunshine and were like drinking yeah, it, beers. It happened at like a total fucking moment where it could have been part of the film. Yeah, it was really funny. <laughs> and then we're like, oh, we need to go out and then come back in. But I've never had a fire alarm at the cinema, so that's unlucky for you, Neil. But you said you're going to go back and watch it? Yeah, I enjoyed it enough that I will go back. Um, I kind of want to see how it plays out. Okay. I, I kind of know probably in my own mind how it plays out. Yeah. But... Yeah, it was right. amiable enough. Okay. So it was a reasonable way to spend time than that. Well, I mean, like, since we're already kind of talking about the event of it, do you want to talk about it more in depth right now and just get out of the way? Yeah, like, uh, Because we've got so many movies and stuff, like, mm-hmm. we're going to not bother with uh, trailers and news, maybe, like, unless... You no, know, unless no. it kind of just popped no. up naturally. I, well, I was going to say, I've got, yeah, I've can, got a couple can, of... We can do some news. Yeah, because there was... Um, but yeah, well, okay. I think we should wait and see how long it takes us to get through the films. No, we'll do the news first, then the films. No, we'll do the films first. No. And then if we can be fucked with it, we do the news. You're saying that right now because we've just started. You have right, no okay. idea how you'll feel by the time we get to the end of the news. Okay, movies. right, we're going to take a vote here. 
Right, all in favour of doing the news first, say aye. 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 There you go, two to one. Sorry. <laughs> Fucking your funeral. <laughs> like, seriously? Yeah. How many times has it got to the point where we reach, like, the, the hour 50, two hour mark, and everybody's just, like, noticeably tired and you want to end it, but there's I, still stuff to go? Paco Rodriguez, I thought you were a Mexican, not a Mexican. Oh. Man, I, I'm a Mexican, why bother? <laughs> yeah. Well, okay, we're going to do some news, but we'll keep it brief. Um, first bit of news I've got is so Quentin Tarantino says he wants to do a Star Trek film he's got an idea for the script uh, but once uh, recently they've been talking to Zachary Quinto and he says there's actually four Star Trek scripts on the go Tarantino's got an idea uh, Simon Pegg and Doug Young who did uh, Beyond uh, the last Star Trek movie um, they've got an idea they didn't say the other two but an idea they did say were floating about was bringing back um, George Kirk and the destruction of um, the Kelvin the Kelvin uh, and that being what caused the alternate timeline. Do you um, know why it's called Kelvin? Uh, why? Because that's J.J. Abrams' dad's name. Kelvin which, Abrams. Which is also why in Star Wars Force Awakens there's a place called Kelvin ah. Ridge. And he, he, goes, like, he puts Kelvin in every one of his films. Okay. Well, there you go. Take it you love these dad then. Apparently. Must do. Must be nice. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, do you care about a Quentin Tarantino Star Trek, Neil? No, I haven't quite cared about anything Quentin Tarantino a long time so okay. uh, I, I'll watch it I'll probably wonder why he's referencing 60s bands yeah but then again the reference the, yeah, sabotage yeah. so yeah exactly yeah so yeah what about you would you like to see Tarantino take on I think the Trek Tarantino universe? does good movies I think I could not think of a worse fit for a Star Trek movie okay um, I don't know Spike Lee maybe <laughs> that'd be funny actually to be fair yeah. I would want to spike yeah. least do, do, do the right trek like Quentin Tarantino is like everything he's written up to this point is the opposite of what Star Trek yeah, is yeah but you, you know that he would try and recapture the 60s TV series vibe mm-hmm. and it'd be quite probably be quite campy yeah um, I'd be interested to see Quentin Tarantino's take on Star Trek uh, Simon Pegg and Doug Young Beyond is arguably the best of the Abrams. I don't think it's anything arguable, but I think it's but definitely the best. It's it, it's not enough to warrant me wanting to see them attempt another one. But yeah, nah, well there you go, that's some Star Trek news. Uh, Shane Black recently took to Twitter and put a picture with a wee caption that's basically got us all excited that the, the Predator trailer will be hitting us in mid-April. Uh, Neil, what about the Predator? Your thoughts? Predator is like your favourite movie. What's one of your favourite movies? Predator is one of the finest action movies of all time. Are you excited to see Shane Black write and direct his version of a Predator film? The Predator franchise has been dragged through the mud for so long by so many people that I can't get excited. Not even with him? No matter who's doing it. However, I can approach it with maybe a quiet hope the okay. only the only thing that really kind of worries me about all this is like you said that uh, sorry Tommy said that the the new one is apparently going to be a comedy well so I, Shane Black being who he is it might be set at Christmas there'll probably be a child that's a, some kind of predominant actor not the lead but there'll definitely be something to that veil but I don't know I I I like Shane Black and yeah. I, I'm like you said, I'm I'm hopeful, but like we've got nothing to go on. We've got nothing yeah. to go on for a long time with the Predator franchise. That picture he posted was pretty cool though, because like, was cool. I mean, there's like a little blue dot down the bottom, and I figured that's supposed to be where the Predator is. Like if you look really close at that bit of the, mm. the image, it kind of looks like an outline. Yeah, yeah, but that's uh, the trailer will be hitting mid-April. 
uh, Creed 2, um, the sequel to Creed, uh, Sylvester Stallone, uh, Michael B. Jordan returns, and it's going to be Adonis Creed versus Vitor Drago, Ivan Drago's, Ivan son. Drago's son. Who's playing him? Um, I think it is a former MMA fighter. Uh, I don't know his name though. Um, and it's uh, written by Stallone and the is it Chio Coker who was the uh, showrunner for Nick, uh, Luke Cage so okay. uh, it might be alright I, I don't know, I, I mean Luke Cage was okay but you know, I, I enjoyed Luke Cage I thought it was pretty good. you think? I, I, I mean don't get me wrong in the realm of like that and like Iron Fist and such you're like yeah it's, it's one of the better well nah, it's okay no, it it's okay <laughs> it was boring um, well yeah anyway so what did you see Creed deal? what did you think of it I haven't watched Creed yet really actually, yeah. holy shit no. it's one that I keep thinking I should probably watch Creed and then I think that if I sit down and then can I go on the Netflix and I go oh there it is I can't go oh, I can't be bothered with that kind of time at the time I okay. can't even watch stuff it is actually really good uh, yeah. I know I've heard very good things about it yeah and I do love the Rocky series. I just, I just need to pull my finger up my arse and actually watch it one day. Yeah, it's the it's the movie Rocky Five should have been. Absolutely. Um, I mean, I was skeptical. I was like, we don't need another, we don't need another instalment of the Rocky franchise. But this, uh, Ryan Coogler, Michael Jordan, and Stone all blew out the water. It was very very enjoyable. Um, I believe a... two is not cooler though. Uh, no, it's not. It's um, a director, um, Stephen Capel Jr., who I've not, I'm not familiar with his work. I should look this up, but I forgot. So I will be looking that up uh, later to see what's. Uh, or Paco might fact check it just now. What was his name? Stephen what? Stephen Capel Jr. Um, so while Paco's doing that, Neil, you're a big comic book fan, so going to talk about a comic book film that I'm going to say. Not one of us is really looking forward to, but I'm curious to know who this person is. So, Jessica Chastain is playing the villain in X-Men Dark Phoenix. It was originally thought that she was going to be Leandra Shar, the empress who condemns Jean Grey to death. Months later, it was... The Leandra sc- of the Shiar. There you go. See? Already dear, already, dear, thro- already, throwing that dear, knowledge dear, out there. Dear research. I don't yeah. recognise any of the stuff he's credited for. Okay. Uh, so, uh, his credits include The Land... A Different Tree, and Prentice and Fury's Ice Cream Adventure. Okay. I don't know what that is, but I kind of want to see it. Uh, poor, uh, I don't know. <laughs> okay, that's, uh, that's not helpful. I've never heard about any of them. Well, there you go. We'll need to maybe check that. Check out the filmography and see what, see why he was... It's like, you're the guy. Also, Land of Misfits. No, not sure. Um, is he possibly cheap? <laughs> I don't know why, though, because Creed made all right money. Um, and garnered Stallone a Golden Globe, nom- uh, Golden Globe uh, award and an Oscar nomination. Um, yeah. So uh, and the other the, the Skrull Queen that was the, the other rumor. And recently, the rumor is that she is going to be Mistress Sinister, a play on Mister Sinister. Right. Okay. What's so, your question, caller? So, who is Mister Sinister? Mr. Sinister is a baddie in the X-Men franchise. He's responsible for making Wolverine? Is he not? I thought that was William Stryker. It's, um... He was, like, head of the X-Men. Yeah, it's it's been heavily implied and kind of retconned for that to be the case. Um, Mr. Sinister 
has always been uh, a character that's been obsessed with the the Summers family, right? About getting their genes and uh, like kind of cloning them, stuff like that. He's quite a powerful mutant, uh, but there was a period, and if I remember correctly, and this is where my knowledge kind of fails a wee bit because I wasn't really reading X Men at the time. Okay. Uh, he becomes mistress sinister. Right. Okay. Um, takes that form after I think he gets beheaded or something. Like Alright. Don't quote me on that. Right. I know there's probably a million fanboys going mental. In their no. Like I, I've, I've only like it's one of those things like I've watched a YouTube video like yeah. explaining stuff about him. Like I think uh-huh. is he not like partially responsible for like whatever the virus is that infects cable? The legacy virus. Is that what it is? No. Well. Is that a thing? No. That's um. That's a guy who's a clone of Cable that does that. Um, Strife. Okay. Okay. Um, just so you mentioned um, responsible for um, Wolverine, um, it was rumoured that she or he, depending on what variation of the Mr. Sinister or Mr. Sinister, was maybe going to be the villain in Logan, but they decided not. Yeah, that's because like in one of the other... Yeah. Was it, what was the... It wasn't Apocalypse, it was one of the other ones... The one where Days of Future Past, First but, Class. How many films has uh, the girl who played Sansa Stark been? been uh, just uh, two. Just, what was the first one? No, Dark, no, Dark Phoenix will be the same. Yeah, one. Apocalypse was the first, first one. Was the first one. She's only been in one. Yeah. yeah. In that movie, then there was a bit, like the bit. There's a bit in that where Wolverine's in it and he yeah. escapes the place. Yeah, you it's see, when he's escaping. You see like the a sinister thing on a briefcase. Like, and he oh yeah, like, no, yeah, that's right. Yeah. That. Okay. Well, there you go. So, wait and see. Again, not not everyone's really. I'm not. I don't give a shit about that film. Yeah, uh, the last four have been. Rubbish. Chastain, I thought was, I mean, I always like Chastain. I kind of wonder why she's going there. Maybe it's easy money, but cash money. Is yeah, brilliant. I don't really, don't have much interest in it. Last bit of news. Um, hold, hold on, oh, uh, just when we're talking about Dark Phoenix, did you see that it has been put back uh, on the schedule and they're going to reshoots as okay. well as so new, always a good sign. As well as new new mutants is getting almost fifty percent of it reshot. Wow. Is this because yeah. of the recent kind of business acquisition yeah. stuff or that's one rumour a lot of people are saying certainly with the new mutants that uh, because of the success of it they want to make it more scary. Oh god. Yeah. Oh my god. So but this clear demographic here means the folk really like yeah. scary stuff. So let's do that with the X Men fuck off. Um Well that that film was always supposed to be more of a horror film. Yeah. But now they're gonna make it a horror film. Well, maybe it'll be scarier than it. I still can't believe that's the yeah. most successful horror film ever made. That's disgusting. The sooner Disney takes over those franchises, the better. <laughs> a lot of folk really hate this the Monopoly Disney's got. I don't mind it. <laughs> I'm fine with it. Yeah, they can, like, they can turn out these movies all yeah. you want. Marvel's fine. I'm Pixar's also kind fine. of fine with it, man. But like, you need to admit, like we've had this conversation a couple of times this week even, but like, so many of the movies are fucking run of the mill, man. What? Like all the Marvel ones, like so many of them are three out of fives. Like just you're so just so hard to please, Paco. So that must be what it is. Yeah. Do you expect like, they totally? Like, do you expect the franchise to be five out of five all the time? I don't know. They can't be winners. It'd be good if, like, out of the eighteen oh, movies, they didn't, you know, yeah. all almost like, have the exact same plot. It's like yeah, rather than make new well, films, just every remember, twelve months we're going to re-release Winter Soldier. A large proportion <laughs> of them are origin films, yeah. so they're yeah. going to have the same plot. 
Yeah. Star Wars as well, though, man. Like, I'm already kind of fucking sick of Star Wars. It's like... I know what? Fuck you. Fuck just you, Paco. So many right in your man. asshole. It's like... Fuck off. It just seems to be like every two weeks you hear about, like, six other films getting greenlit. Yeah, well, most of them will probably never get made. Yeah, it's that way as well. If you're going to pay four and a half billion for it, you better, better believe they're going to squeeze well, that cash cow. Guarantee which they've already probably done. That, yeah. yeah. I mean, like, what, Force Awakens and Last Jedi and Rogue One alone have probably made that back oh, for them. Yeah, and, and that's just like merch just the movies, well. not yeah. even the toys. Merch and all that as well, exactly. Um, Samsung have uh, got their first 3D LED cinema screen. Does it uh, explode? Which is, uh, it? is launched in uh, <laughs> Zurich, Switzerland. Uh, promises 10 times um, uh, peak brightness, uh, uh, sorry, better brightness of projectors, uh, full 4K resolution, and consistent, yep, consistent picture quality, and avoiding dim, low-res 3D images that we're used to. So there you go. LED 3D. Okay. There you go. So... But you might be right. It might so, explode somebody's still, faces. Somebody's still banging that DD drum. Yeah. I don't work for Samsung. I just thought I'd mention it because it was kind of fascinating. Anyway, that brings us into the films. All right. So what do you want to talk about first? Tomb Raider? Uh, well, I'm already kind of started talking about blockers. So. Okay. Let's let's continue with blockers right, deal. Okay, blockers. Where did we get to? We got to... You get checked All right. Out. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so the blockers experience was interesting, I suppose. Mm. Um... Only seen 40 minutes of it because of uh, a power cut and getting forced to leave the cinema. Um, Did they compensate you at all for that? Well, I was on my uh, limited card. Thing, but like, still, though, they usually kind of do something, do they not? No, they refund your money. Okay. Okay. Right. I'll carry on. So, I, so, I went to Blockers today instead of going to see Isle of Dogs. Um because I thought I thought we'd have something else to talk about Absolutely. Yeah. which was great which was the initial which idea the, the right choice and then I looked to book tickets for Isle of Dogs and it was pure heathen and yeah. I went I don't want to be a part of that so yeah. blockers kind of won uh, I might have smoked a wee joint before going in okay. maybe just maybe just maybe okay uh, Neil that's illegal uh, that's, that's why I might have only smoked it um, You're such a bad boy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that may have helped my enjoyment of the film. Although, when I think about it, I still think the the forty minutes that I saw of it would have still been as enjoyable. Okay. It's it's exactly the film you think it's going to so be. So, like, who who's in it? What is it about? Right, Co- uh, Blockers uh, is about these teenage girls who have uh, a sex pact on prom night okay. so it's about how their parents find this out and try and stop them the blocker being the cop blocking this is all okay. in the trailer yep. everything in the trailer no, who's in it? you've got Leslie Mann uh, Judd Apatow's wife and star of This Is 40 yeah. I do believe and many other Apatow and, features yep. uh, she's normally pretty good yeah, yeah she's, no, she, she's very funny in this she actually gets her fair share of probably the best lines in it. Uh, you have and the guy's name I can't remember, but he is Amy Poehler's boy, uh, kind of love interest in sisters. Oh yeah, the guy who looks like maybe the Asda Price Mark Wahlberg. Yes. Um, he's pretty good. He plays the kind of deadbeat dad mm-hmm. out of the out of the three of them. Uh, che- uh, divorced from the, the mother uh, after cheating on her. He's a bit of an alcoholic, but he's kind of. 
the cool, tries to be the cool dad. Can you mm-hmm. go further into what this sex pact is? Are they just gonna? Are they, they just gonna lose their virginity on prom night? Right. Before they all mm-hmm. go but like, to college. The way you say sex pact makes it sounds they all be in like the entire years worth of people. Just no, just if you notice this is three. Yeah. Three people. Three yeah. people. Right. Because no. yeah. Because the third pair is pay, played by WWE superstar oh, yeah. John Cena, and he's dead good. <laughs> he's actually. He's really, he's pretty funny. He's, he had probably most bits where I went, uh, John Cena's alright when yeah. he's there for five minutes. And yeah, well, if you, if you've, if you've was seen it him that was in the Marine? Yes. Yeah. That film was fucking Oh no, rubbish. it's terrible. But he's, he's gotten a lot better and he kind of plays a lot of characters now which are out with his usual kind of thing. Yeah. It's quite, it's quite a good comic actor now yeah. and he plays well in this ensemble. Uh-huh. But he couldn't carry a film. There's no way he could carry a film. Yeah, well, look but, at the Marine. Yeah. But <laughs> kind of his part or something where he's not doing all the heavy lifting, mm-hmm. he was quite good. Um, so as far as I got into the film, they'd kind of, the prom had finished and the parents had already found out that this pact has gone on right. and they were on the chase to try and stop him. And I won't spoil anything. Hilarity ensues. Yes. Okay. By, by hilarity, I mean just kind of, eh, it's alright. Mm. So is there anything yeah. else? Well, you can't you can really spoil it because we've seen four minutes. Yeah. Well, it, it's, <laughs> it's, if you've seen the trailer for that film, you know, you know exactly for. what it's going to be. Is in, this a Judd Apatow movie? No. Right, so it's not going to be like two hours, 40 minutes? No. And that, like that a 40 was, minute lull? That was something I actually found, I think, quite enjoyed about it. It rattles along, like, it gets from point A to B to C pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Like you're, like you get a wee bit at the start where it's you see the girls first meeting on their first day of like junior school, and the parents then becoming friends at that point. So you get a wee slight more montage of the pa- the parents being pals, and the kids growing up, and then it's boom prom night. Let's get this yeah, going. get straight into it, and it rattles in pretty quickly. So is it like that kind of same sense of humour as like super bad and stuff? Is it the same idea? You know that like kind of. It's, it's I don't more, want to say juvenile, but like it no, kinda, it's not. I wouldn't say it's juvenile. Uh, although from the trailer, there does seem to be some juvenile gags, but I never got there. Um, I think it's it's more in line with the Jersey Sisters with Tina Fey. And you did, see, yes, you did. did. You were there. Oh shit! No, yeah, yeah, it's just yeah. It's, yeah, it's that yeah. kind of thing. That's why I asked you. Like, yeah. Off cars, like, is it like sisters? Like, yeah. It's but. it's got a kind of. It's got that parents are kind of juvenile to a degree. Uh, Sisters was the one where like essentially they have like a big house party. That's yeah. right. They uh, all act as if they're twenty when they're yeah. not. Yeah. And Big yeah. John's in that one as well, and uh, it's funny. And it, yeah, it's good. It's decent. It's not the top level of filmmaking, but, but you didn't expect for, that. Yeah, for yeah. a Tuesday afternoon in the rain, it was, a, it was a good way to avoid it. Also, when I went in. I knew exactly what kind of film this was going to be mm-hmm. by the people it attracted because three seats in front of me uh, there was these two must have been early students kind of 20 year old just cracked off in a big KFC which <laughs> given that I in might the cinema up, yeah like a proper bucket a meal a bucket yeah. fucking hell but which, the, KF, the KFC beside the cinema is closed at the moment yeah, so they've yeah. humped that all the way from uh, like the bottom from of the bottom the road. Street uh, um, so that made the cinema smell like fried chicken which given that I may or may not have done certain things was murder 
but so so good. But also two seats in front of me was just this old guy tanning cans. I was sitting there and I was like, I always go in, sit myself down, try and be kind of quiet and what I'm doing so I don't attract attention. There's this old guy just cure off. Yeah, like, what was it like, tenant super? <laughs> oh, it was, um, it was a red can. Uh, so what, red stripe? No, it was. Oh, oh that's white in it. Was it Australia? Is that red? No, it wasn't lager. It was heavy. Oh, right, okay. Uh, McCune's Export. McCune's Export. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> and by the time the trailers had finished, it was two cans deep. If you were thinking it. <laughs> and I'm like, cool. I'm like, no matter what happens. If you're going to go down that road, like, road of drinking like, cans of McCune's in the screen, you would think you would like at least go the final step and at least get McCune's champion. <laughs> Like the, stuff, the stuff that's like 9% yeah. a can. I, I've never heard of Mikun's yeah. champion. Probably. I know you're talking about Tenant Super, but Jesus Christ. No, it was good because it meant that no matter what kind of, if I did laugh in goofy ways mm-hmm. or make too much noise, that guy's totally getting the blame. Yeah. Not yeah. well. So that was part of, that was Cockwalkers. I think we should move on to Annihilation next. Yeah, okay, so. Yeah, let's, let's spoil Annihilation for Neil because he's not seen it. We're not going to spoil it very much. Um, we don't really in the habit of spoiling movies if they're fucking yeah. terrible all, all I want yeah. to know about Annihilation is mm-hmm. does Alex Garland stick a landing he does, does he does really he do, does does he because yeah, like normally he can't write himself out of the, paper the ending is actually maybe the best yeah, part yeah he reverses it oh is it starting awful yeah kind of right, yeah okay. the, the setup like the like Tommy was getting like more wound up about it than I was like I think I just accepted that the movie wasn't gonna right. like a uh, do things in a kind of way that would mirror real life uh, but yeah like, like this this event happened essentially what, what the movie is is like a uh, some kind of me- meteor kind of strikes the earth and hits a yeah, lighthouse okay. and a uh, from the the kind of impact point like this kind of shimmer starts to appear like it's like something that's just diffracting the light and anything that goes inside it never comes back out right in okay. uh, three years later this has grown to like a substantial size and it's uh, gradually taken over yeah like yeah. If, if they don't do anything about it it's like they expect that it'll eventually take over the surface of the entire planet right okay. uh, so like so far nobody really knows about it because like it hit like a really rural area and they managed to evacuate the nearby towns and stuff and like saying it was like some kind of gas explosion chemical spill chemical spill but yeah you know same same sort of thing like they, they got it out the yeah. area right. so like the public don't know about it yeah for, in 2018 for um, three years but like Natalie Portman's character like a uh, her husband was one of the kind of army teams that got sent in Right, uh, okay. and he shows back up at her house after 12 months of after 12 uh, months not, of being nobody away nobody knows where he is uh, right. so like then she gets taken to like a government facility and it's all like they're asking questions as to you know how did he make it back yeah. and no one else has but like he's not quite right like he's kind of really disconnected from reality and stuff mm-hmm. so is, like is this a remake of The Astronaut's Wife? Uh, <laughs> is that the one where he time, tra- he time travels and like every now and again, he gets a chance to be with him. No, that's it? the time. No, his wife. That's not his wife. No, Johnny Depp. It's not horror. Right. Okay. It's not horror. I know. I I seen the astronaut's wife and. Uh, no. The, okay. So yeah, Paco's everything. Paco, that that is the setup, and then it's like on oh, Natalie so, Portman. Yeah, like, she used to be in the service, and um, Jennifer Jason Lee is like debriefing her and talking talking to her and telling her basically everything that's happened this top secret thing for three years that nobody knows about um, even though it's completely and utterly ridiculous that nobody would know about it given the technology and that we live in um, is saying this big thing's happening 
uh, nobody's went in. Your husband's a bit disoriented. What do you? What's your thoughts yeah, on it? It's not. Fuck, I don't really like, know. He, he's hmm. like in a state where like there's like stuff wrong with his like internal organs and stuff yeah, like that, and like right. he's probably gonna die, and they don't really know what's happening to him. So she decides to go inside with another group of women who are also going in uh, to try and figure it out. And I uh, like the other. The only other thing I'll say about the setup of it, I uh, the like. I don't really know if it pays off or not, but like it is something they kind of they draw attention to. Is like up until this point, everybody who's went in is like pretty much aware that it's a suicide mission, and a lot of them are doing it because they expect to die or they want to die right. going in. So like you know, it's like they can if they can be a use and manage to get intel and come back out, then that's cool. But like if they die in there, that like some of them are kind of looking for that. Uh, so yeah. like the. Everybody who goes in is either suicidal or terminally ill, basically. Right. I never um, got that. They definitely say that in it. I never they got definitely that. say that. Uh, which is why like Natalie Portman has that conversation where she's talking to the psychiatrist that okayed her husband to go in and she's like, mm. Why did he do it? Like uh, if that's the case and the woman was like, Well maybe he was, you know, unhappy in the marriage and stuff like that and like <laughs> tried to sabotage his own marriage and stuff. Like Yeah. Um but yeah, look, it's the the setup for it, as Tommy kind of quite rightly get wound up about. It's like they don't go in full force. Like they don't right. like send in loads of people. Like a uh, the the way they kind of talk about it, they have never done that. They always just seem to send in little mm-hmm. teams. Like a okay. uh, yeah. So like you know they they go in and a not wearing hazmat suits or fuck all. I mean, yeah, that annoyed you as well. They just go into this alien entity. Not knowing what the fucking... It's kind of like in Prometheus when they just go in and they just decide that there's atmosphere and shit like that. And you're like, yeah, you're going in without an asthma suit. There's six years. I mean, there's no tanks or fucking jets or a full fucking squad going in. It's just like, nah, six six uh, female somewhat army trained with guns and they just go into this fucking entity. They've got no clue of what it is. There's four of them, is it not? Is it? Yeah. Well, yeah, you're right. There is four. But the point being is like, you're like, in 2018, you mean to tell me nobody knows about the shimmer and you've evacuated people saying it's a chemical spill and for three years Google Maps like, technology yeah, law that, that, nobody like, knows about the, it the setup could have been a bit stronger right like without even fucked. without even adding much time onto the movie like it could totally have been done in a way that kind of just didn't make you think that it was a fucking movie rather than something that could have happened yeah, like see once right. they get into the shimmer I think from that point on like it it starts to really pick up like it, it's like it's interesting every single kind of point Ish. of the way like the stuff that happens in it I thought was like really intriguing and then like throughout the whole film as well because of like the nature of the shimmer where it like kind of reflects and uh, refracts and reflects light like everything just looks really pretty like everything's got like a, a kind of crystal tint to it and a, yeah. I thought that was really cool like all yeah. the kind of wildlife they see is different and then like the, the reveals along the way of what's actually happening like it, I, I explain stuff in like I think quite a satisfying <laughs> way and then when it gets yeah. to the end it's like such a yeah it's like, such a different ending to yeah. one of those movies but my right. take my right. take is this I really liked Ex Machina uh, Garland's last film I thought he made a very coherent film which didn't which had a good ending and everything up until that point made sense and that was fine my problem with Annihilation is he has this really profoundly interesting ending and he has to set lay the seeds to get from start to finish and there's not enough attention I know it's based on a book as well but there's not enough attention paid to right 
the problem is you're like 2018 right so this is the problem you need to solve this problem to make this work and it's just like we'll just do this and there's a lot of stuff that again like Paco says for me the third act was really good because it, it was a culmination of a lot of little things that were along the way but a lot of the stuff really irritated me like as I said they're going into something no hazmat suits they're touching shit willy nilly um, something happens again, and then like, you're just like I'm not a scientist again, but going back I would that, do that that's certainly though like Everybody, with the exception of Ali Porter, uh, going in there is either suicidal or terminally ill. So I, they don't give a fuck about hazmat suits. I know, and and again though, I'm like, it's like this big entity is taking over landmass, and you need to find out what's going on with it. So you send in those guys. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like, yeah, see, that that, all, that would break it for me. They're like one of them is like a paramedic. A uh, one's a psychiatrist. Natalie Portman is a biologist, and she used to be in the army. Yeah. And the last one is a physicist. Mm-hmm. So like it's not like they're you know just average Joes. Right? Yeah, but that's uh, again. Uh, I think that's part of the problem is that because they're not average Joes, they do a lot of stuff that not even average Joe would do, and it's quite yeah. silly. They also like seem to indicate that they're the first team that have went in on scientific grounds, like which as is if to say like every weird. other team was like a military team. Yeah. Uh, which yeah, it's just kind of you know you would have sent in. This is a Michael Crichton novel. <laughs> no, it's again. This I'll say this it's, about it's Annihilation. There's definitely a kind of, there's a, there's definitely a poetry to the way the story's been told, uh, and there is like um there's a reveal of like what the like these characters involved, uh, especially Natalie Portman and Oscar Isaac, about where their relationship was at before and after the Shimmer, and there's a as I said, it's a really really cool ending, but and Garland is nailing that ending, but I, I thought it was fucking really clunky to start off with. Uh, which is which disappointed me because as I said I thought Ex Machina all round was a really good and well made film. Um, They've got yeah. like they also uh, there's like horror elements to it. Like I don't think it ever really becomes a fully fledged horror movie. Yeah, like, no. You know there's like scenes where they are confronted by like really just unnatural wildlife mm-hmm. uh, that does stuff that's like pretty fucking creepy I suppose. Yeah. And then like they find a videotape that is very reminiscent of. Uh, Event Horizon style stuff. Yes. Where you see like previous people uh, and what happened to them. But yeah, I mean, it's worth a watch, but again, Is like, Sam Neill on that tape? No, he's right. not. <laughs> he's not. They, they don't They don't go the full sunshine thing with it and it's just, oh, there's Sam Neill with a vibrating I enjoyed it though. It's, like, I think I it's en- worth watching. I enjoyed m- most of it, but... If you can get past the setup, like I think everything else that happens in that film is like okay. at least... <clears throat> entertaining what, I'm having a go what if you got past the, the setup of Congo does that make Congo a good movie Congo is a good movie are you mental <laughs> it's like giant fucking killer apes and laser guns like a, another ape that has Amy, like a glove Amy, that lets it speak no, Amy, no. Tim Curry is like such a pantomime villain it's brilliant when is Tim Curry not a pantomime villain <laughs> Congo's those apes like crazy. legitimately Legitimately, when they show up in that fucking ape colony thing, like that bit is creepy as hell in Congo. Do you like Congo, Neil? No. <laughs> well, I do not. Would you okay. say Kong no? Yeah, he would. Well, he wouldn't. He might not say it because lame. Um, okay, so will we get to to Raider? To Raider. Uh, Neil. <clears throat> I remember speaking to you about it and you profoundly fucking hate this uh, film. I think, to be honest, I was probably a bit harsh in the text I took, that I sent you 
which said that was possibly the worst movie I've seen in a long time. Is that uh, only because you then watched Ready Player One? Very possibly, yeah. yeah we'll get Spo- to but, spoilers for later. Uh, um, I was just really bored, to be honest. Um, well, I played the past two video games, like the, not the last one, but the one before it was what this is set, uh, which is yeah set one. Well, yeah, Pac-Man um, started as well. And it just, it picked up on some points from it, mm-hmm. but didn't really do them very well. But the thing that really made me dislike it, and this was when, like, the opening 15 minutes, right. is that I felt I was watching an episode of Nathan Barley. <laughs> really? Oh, okay, yeah. okay, I can okay. see that. Like, the yeah, like, so yeah. Nathan Barley, so, like, the start, or we hipster pals. At the start of the movie, like, it focuses on, like, Lara, who is... Like poor and living by the fucking teeth of her skin. She, like she's, she's trying to make money any way she can get she's it. She's like every cool hipster kid. She lives in a loft in Camden. Yeah. Which. But like she's and has a bike. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but as you say, like it's all forced though. It's all really kind it's of badly really forced. Because yeah. like the the opening scene is like her in an MMA fight, which she loses, <laughs> uh, just so you can see that she can fight, and then you get an exposition flashback when she's talking to her dad where she's like doing archery and she's really shit at the archery. <laughs> it's like just like every kind of part of it is like a total forced setup <clears throat> so that like when it gets to the point of her like running about an island hitting folk with a bow and arrow and mm. doing stuff you're not just sitting going where'd that come from? Where'd that come from? And be- because of the, the way the film starts she's, I found her to be rather, really unlikable. Yeah. And it doesn't help at least if Vikander has no charisma whatsoever. <laughs> she, I, she was the like Angelina Jolie's Lara Croft is ridiculous. Right. It's very kind of campy and kind of all mm-hmm. this time. But to be honest, I thought she was better than Vikander. Uh, I can't mind the last time I seen <laughs> Lara Croft's. Uh, sorry, uh, Angelina Jolie as Lara Croft. Uh, I did mind Alicia Vikander in it. Do you know who I also did mind in it? But Paco seems to just hate more and more oh, the, Dominic the, West. Dude, I Dominic. Oh my I god, Dominic West was fine in it. He was, like, he, he was fine, but his character was terrible. Yeah, how, how much? And like, I take it we can't really talk about spoilers in this one. No, we need no. to be really guarded with it, which like limits how much I can actually say about it. But like, parts of his performance were fine. It was just certain other parts, yeah, yeah, yeah. like uh, I really couldn't fucking stand. I I just found the whole thing to be very kind of campy, and Dominic West was a big part of that. Mm-hmm. He he was probably the weakest thing about the yeah. film. Even weaker than Walton Goggins. I yeah. thought Walton Goggins was the best thing in it. <laughs> wow. And that is given that he had absolutely zero yeah, to do. Yeah, nothing to do, yeah. I thought the movie was alright though. Like, it was like dead rushed. Like, they spend so much time in the setup of, you know, her getting to the, the actual island in the first place yeah. that just really didn't need to be there. You could probably shorten that entire, like, hour sequence down into, like, ten minutes. Well, see, that's the thing. See, the game is based on. Yeah. The game starts on the boat yeah, yeah. as they're going to the island. See, if they'd done that, yeah. I probably might have enjoyed I, that. that that's probably where like, it should have started. Yeah, I probably would have cared more about the character. And then, because like, you've had all this nonsense that she's a bit of a spoiled brat. Yeah, yeah. The, like the the ramp up as well. Like in the, in the video game, like she is not like a killer at all. She is yeah. an archaeologist, and uh, they make a big deal out of the first time she has to kill a guy. Mm. Like she's about to be raped, and she ends up shooting somebody yeah. uh, to fend them off from. But then after that, like she is just killing people mm. randomly. Uh, but like yeah. that process seemed more natural in the game, even though it was still mm. rushed. But, like in the movie, because it's such a short period of time, like. 
they kind of linger on her killing the first guy for like three seconds before yeah. she gets distracted by something else. Yeah, and they never and then, ever come back to it. Like after that, like she just picks up a bow and arrow and like yeah. is intent on murdering everybody. It's like yeah. it's it's quite like you said, yeah. very forced, very rushed. But I, again, I I don't have any kind of love or I've not not really any attachment to the Lara Croft uh, game series. The last time I played a Lara Croft game was PS One. Um, and I didn't really I can't well, remember that's because it. I was just last Tuesday told me because you're from up north and you're yeah that's uh, there you go we he's only just got the Playstation 1 up there I love the PS1 so I do but yeah so again I had no affinity to it and I just I didn't expect anything I just kind of went and I was like yep this is very what I expected this happened you know, everything there's a formula there you can see it from the get goes like this is going to happen which means that which means that let's get there that happens end we might have a franchise. I'm like, yeah, this is what it was. I didn't hate it. I was just like, eh, yeah, it's fine. I, I was the same. Was like, when it ended, I was like, if they make a sequel, I would happily watch it. It's, you know, it wasn't. It wasn't like I would rush. I wouldn't rush out to see it, but I, to pass a Tuesday morning, like, no, okay. That. It was all just so mundane and one dimensional. Yeah, very much. And very then, much so. and then it's a video what, game movie, man. Like, no, but it, it, see, it gives itself this impression that it has that it's a step above that mm. that it's trying to be kind of more in the kind of Batman Begins style kind it of wishes build. yeah it wishes <laughs> yeah. and the and like the, the whole first half of it it kind of rattles on it tries to make you care uh, but it's so hard yeah. and then the whole film just becomes Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade yeah yeah, yeah pretty much really tries to be it wishes yeah. it was that as well Christ. Also, really weird that they give her like essentially her own back cave <laughs> inside the tomb. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's, there's a lot of like, everything's oh, just really on the nose. Yeah. Oh, how convenient that happens. Yeah. And oh, that that character has now changed its mind. We're gonna do this now because we have to further plot along. Yeah. And like you said, the third the third act is just Last Crusade garbage. Um, not Last Crusade. Last Crusade is amazing. This is just terrible. Um, so. That was Tomb Raider. So let's Isle move on to Isle of Dogs. Yeah, me and Paco yeah, went to see that. Let's spoil this one as well. Oh, no. um, <laughs> hey man, do you like Wes Anderson movies? Yeah. Then you will like Isle of Dogs. Yeah. Do I like ones that apparently... Oh, what am I making a lot of noise? No, it's okay. <laughs> just a tad. <laughs> yeah, just a tad. Um, first of all, I've, the first question I want to ask is... I've read a couple of articles about it which seem to suggest it's problematic in the way it handles Japanese culture. I can see that. Yeah. Like, I, like, there's a lot of it that seems to play on stereotypes, definitely, but also mm-hmm. just Japanese awkwardness, Japanese yeah. social awkwardness. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, there's a lot of it that, mm-hmm. require, that relies on that. And, like, how accurate or inaccurate that is, like, I have no idea, Same. being that I've never been to Japan. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. But it certainly, I thought, was funny. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. But like I could see how it could be yeah. offensive, definitely. Yeah. Uh, uh, again, like I, the, there's one character I can think of immediately where it's a cliche. The Japanese but, hacker. Yes. Yeah. But at the same time, th- that's not really the joke, as such. It's it's the look he gives the camera. Yeah. It's, that's, it's, like, it's that's, rather that's, dramatic. But that's like so. That's all of those points though. All yeah. those kind of the bits where it feels like a jab at the Japanese kind of just social etiquette right. so like, there's so many like really zoomed in close up of people's faces as they turn and look at the camera and give like a really awkward expression yeah but again uh, that is very much the, the, a the, the dogs also film. do it yeah well. um, but yeah it's again if you like 
if you like a Wes Anderson film, I mean, again, the, the, it's not really an easy comparison, but in terms of the way it's animated and fantastic, the way it's, yeah, fantastic Mr. Mm-hmm. Fox. Um, but yeah, it's a Wes Anderson film. There's a lot of like symmetrical a, shots, a lot of really great symmetrical shots, uh, spoken dialogue, nice music. Nice editing. Uh, it's a cool wee story. Um, the comedy centers around awkwardness. Yeah, in general. The voice acting I thought was really good. Uh, a lot of really great guys in it, like Brian Cranston, Bill Murray, an orphaned young protagonist. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. It is, it's Wes Anderson by numbers, definitely. Oh, yeah, I mean it's basically uh, yeah. But like if you enjoy those movies, yeah. then but, that's... yeah. But okay, so again, the the setup is. The, and I'm, I'm not going to spoil anything, but basically. <laughs> <laughs> there's a dude who loves cats and hates dogs yeah and he's been part of like a clan that have traditionally loved cats and hates dogs yeah so seems, like seems he, legit. he pioneers a scheme to make the public consensus turn against dogs yeah uh, by like infecting a lot of them with like a thing called snout disease uh, snout fever sorry snout fever. and introducing way more lice into the, the population and blaming it on dogs I like yeah. the cut of uh, this man's gym so yeah like essentially he is the mayor of the town right. so like he gets all the dogs deported onto this island just trash island trash island <laughs> uh, and then the dogs have to kind of fend for themselves there yeah. but like his adopted nephew uh, loved his dog and like he steals a plane and goes to try and find his dog and then it's like it's all an adventure about him trying to find his dog that's been deported to Trash yeah, Island but whilst he gets to Trash Island he meets uh, four different dogs who like and again it's really quite funny because the, the main protagonist child only speaks Japanese and they, they don't have subtitles and the dogs all speak English and it's just it's a, the way they explain it is again very yeah, Wes Anderson okay. kind of comedy but that's what it is it's just that and uh, yeah it's a really it's it's I really, really enjoyed funny, it. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, he, you, you loved it more than I did. Um, I, I thought it was really funny. I'd happily watch it again. If someone says which type for that or Mr. Fox, I'd probably say Mr. Fox. I've got a weak spot for Japanese stuff in general, though. Yeah, and like this totally tickled a lot of that stuff. Yeah, but okay. I, yeah, but that 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 is. There's nothing more to say other than if you like Wes Anderson films, you'll like this. Um, but yeah, check it out. Um, I think I don't really have much more to say about it. Like, no, that's it. It's, it's uh, really enjoyable. It looks great. Well, Paco's love of Japanese things then is a good segue into Pacific Rim 2. Yeah. Is that right, man? Okay. Um, I think we, we all enjoyed it, didn't we? Yeah. yeah. I enjoyed the shit out of that movie. Yeah. I think this was better than Pacific Rim 1. Uh, right, okay, this is this is what I'll say about Pacific Rim Uprising. Pacific Rim 1 was like really long and kind of boring oh, and didn't have just... enough uppercutting monsters How dare you like it was good it was enjoyable it was enjoyable but like <laughs> it, like Pacific Rim 1 was so restrained compared to this <clears throat> uh, right okay right. Right, right, this is what I'll say about Pacific Rim Rising right it's the same kind of idea as Pacific Rim where Pacific Rim is kind of they do the whole Top Gun thing whereas Pacific Rim Uprising leans heavily into its Top Gun but with uh, robots and monsters it flows better, but my problem with it is I, I did enjoy the action scenes, but they seemed so generic as if I was watching a Michael Bay Transformers film, whereas I thought Pacific Rim 1 had a charm to it, and there was never a lot of times in Pacific Rim Uprising where I was losing my shit waiting for something to happen. Wait, I give you that. There, there weren't as, like, in the first one, there were, like, a couple of scenes in it 
that were like truly fucking great. Like when the Australian Jaeger like uppercuts that monster in the first movie is fucking brilliant. Yeah. And yeah. like the bit you're saying with like the one of the ones later on like uses a tanker as a baseball bat. Is, is that Gypsy who does that? No, it's Gypsy Danger. Like, yeah. yeah, like yeah. that that is really cool. There's <laughs> nothing of that caliber in this movie. It's because every action scene looks very kind of generic. But, but it, like, it, it flows well. The action was still really good in this, I thought. Right. And like, the, there was one bit that came close, like the initial bit where a gypsy is fighting like another the first threat. Yeah. And a it punches them against a building, and you see him kind of like slide up uh, the building and slide back down. That bit was really cool. I think the difference difference in in it is that whereas Pacific Rim one is more like the kind of <clears throat> sorry. Mm-hmm. It's more like the ca- the old fashioned kaiju movies where you get a lot of the human drama involved and the monsters are kind of kept limited uh. for kind of big scenes. Whereas, so you're getting that's your live action kaiju movie. Mm-hmm. Whereas, Pacific Rim 2 is anime as fuck. Yeah. Is it, it it's has... the anime kaiju movie almost. It's, even, it's more close to stuff like Evangelion yeah. and like Gundam stuff. Yeah. Like there's like so many bits in this that are like quite clearly directly inspired by Evangelion in a in a way that is like good for fans of that show. Like unlike Ready Player One, which we'll get to, which was just a total shit show from start to finish with its own ideas, if you can even call them that. We'll get to just that. blatant references this one like whenever something happened it was like it was reminiscent of Evangelion without actually being directly yeah. taken from it yeah. uh, like again we can't really go into spoilers but uh, there's a, a lot of the setup to the antagonists in uh, Pacific Rim 2 are very much taken from Evangelion and like maybe nostalgia in that point for me like because I'm a, a big fan of that show like kind of drove me through it more yeah. but like there was a lot of stuff happening it was just giving me good Vibes that way, mm-hmm. and like it yeah. was entertaining. Uh, Charlie Day was annoying, but he's always annoying. I didn't think um, he was he as, as annoying. annoying in this. I agree with you on that one. The first one. Yeah, uh, I thought John John Boyega was good in it. He was very. Kinda, he's getting charisma by the bucket load. I, I thought he was yeah really good. Yeah. Um, he's very much Maverick, <clears throat> um, and then he gets you know because he's the the son of um, uh, Standard Pentecost. Is that his name? Yeah, Stacker yeah. Stacker Pentecost. Um, Idris Elba from the first one, and he was very much. Um, he was enlisted uh, in the is it the P? Try what they're called the the, the resi- not the resistance the army basically yeah. the army, and he didn't. It was what, like the Pacific Defense Force. It's something like that, yeah. PDF the Pan Pacific Defense Force. <laughs> Aye, so it's that way where he was that, and then like it's been ten years since <clears throat> the war finished, so he's just kind of the everyone's like nicking things, and it's not like apocalyptic or that. It's more just. Everyone kind of nicks things on the street to survive and whatnot, and then he comes in contact with with a young, a young well, let's shout it, a teenage girl who's built her own a Jaeger, and then the two of them are shipped off back to the army, where Scott Eastwood is very much the Ice Man of the piece. Ice Man, more like a plaid cowboy. Yeah, yeah. I'd like. Is he only getting work because of his dad? Because like he was also terrible in the Fast and the Furious. Yeah, he's, he's not great. Like uh, also, is, is he, he an, is he the illegitimate son? No, I, I think he's the legit son. Has he been in anything else other than those two movies? He was in, I'm sure he was in Gran Torino. And he was actually alright in Gran Torino. Oh, he was the white kid. Yeah. yeah the... um, but yeah, so that, that, that all happens and then it's like, okay, so 
he would, like is the word wigger still acceptable? I'm not entirely sure. Well, you like, said he, he was he was the kid that like thought he was black, yeah. and like all the black folk fucking go to beat him up. Yeah, because he's yeah. So again, I'm, I'm sure once this is posted, we'll find out. If yeah, acceptable. if that's still yeah. acceptable. Um, but yeah, so and that like that they go in, and then it's like okay, he's the. Um, John Boyega's like the, the son of the great Pentecost and it's like you need to be better and then you just get this basic kind of it's almost it's like Top Gun it's just this big kind of setup, and then the action kicks off and then you find out there's a company that want to do away with that and they want to have drone uh, well they want piloted um, um, Jaegers but not inside the Jaeger but they want them done remote control as, as I think the best way to put it is and then Charlie Day works for them and you're like, okay, right, so there's a kind of a setup here, right, we, we kind of know where we're going, but I actually quite do like we, the way the, the film... we know where we're going? I, yeah, no, I quite like the way it's like, okay, <laughs> if MD has seen a film, you're like, okay, there's key scenes in here that suggest certain things about who the plot is, who the hero is, who the villain is, and where it's going. I like the fact Pacific Rim Uprising kind of switched it a wee bit. There was a couple of times where it, it, it swerved you a wee bit, and I actually really liked the way it went, because I'm like, I, logic states that that is the way the villain kind of should have been. I kind of knew that's where I was coming. Really? Uh, yeah. I did not see it coming at all. That totally, like, I, was unexpected for me. But anyway, so, like, again, Pacific Rim Uprising, I'd watch it again. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, maybe I had have a couple of beers before it. It's really fun. Also, oh, yeah, I had like a, a, a really kinda, good. I had a really good yeah, ramp up as well. Like it, it was like, you know, there, there's not really any threat. It was all about the characters at the start and stuff. Mm-hmm. Just like seeing their conflict between each other and stuff. Yeah. But then it's like as soon as like the threat starts, like it just ramps up and yeah. ramps up and ramps up and like yeah. you know, at one point I was like, holy shit, this is fucking great! Yeah. Like yeah. you know, there's no there's no easy result to this, yeah. and then yeah. the kind and of was. I, I also think it sticks a landing at the end. I think it's <laughs> yeah it does again, a fairly good job of closing that off. Yeah, again, when you go watch Pacific Rim Uprising, you're not expecting the greatest action flick ever because. They do, they do some fun things where they explain what the kaiju's whole objective yeah. is. And you're like, wait, what the fuck? I, don't think, I was like, that never happened the I don't, first like, one. I don't but think, it doesn't detract from the fact that you know what this film is. I don't yeah. think that should be counted as a spoiler. I think we should openly be able to talk about that. Because, like... It's not important. It's Well, it is important. It is, like, a MacGuffin, really, for the setup of the third act. Mm. It's not really, like, hearing why the, the kaiju are doing what they're doing... Isn't uh, a spoiler, well, they, right? They kind of set it up. They set it up pretty early on. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, they don't, like, they don't be, set basically up where they're going. Basically, when they when, when you find okay, out, yeah. like when you find well, out what the kaiju are supposed to have been doing this entire time, like even from the first movie, it makes everybody that's ever been in those films seem like a fucking idiot for not figuring it out sooner. Yeah, and not only that. It, Absolutely and utterly is not the reason for the yeah. first one. The yeah. kaiju are just wandering about trying to blow shit up and kill fucking yeah. people. It's, there is no. It's quite a it's, terrible record. It's, it's, a, it's as not as the as objective a, that Uprising as suggests. A live action kaiju movie? Anime! Right, okay, right. Well, there we go. That was Pacific Rum Uprising. Now, to get to the fun part, uh, uh, regular listener of the show, uh, Andy McEwen, actually said to me, you need to talk about that fucking disaster that is Ready Player One. So had he seen this already? He had seen it already, like, yeah. And I'm like, okay, man, we'll do. So I've actually got two pages worth of notes on this. Okay, one. so <laughs> Ready Player One, the latest film from Steven Spielberg, and easily is worst. Yeah, um, one hundred percent the worst so, thing he's ever done. Yeah, MD. It makes Kingdom of the Crystal Skull look competent. <laughs> oh, Jesus fuck, that's saying something as well. But yeah. Um, 
Based on the book of the same name, I've not read the book. I've heard mixed reactions. Some say it's good, some say it's trash. Uh, See, that's the thing that really gets me about this, is like, so many people seem to fucking love both the book and the movie. Well, I think Andy like, Andy said he liked the book but hated, and hated the film. Friend of the <coughs> podcast and host of The Monster Closet, Lee McPherson, said it doesn't matter because the book was shit. And he liked the movie, though. That's the oh, thing. God, did he? Yeah, Lee, oh, Lee says... No. I, I can... Lee, Lee says that it's the best video game movie that's ever been made oh. and that it was fun from start to finish. Whoa, like, when did this happen? I didn't know this. Exactly, just... Oh, I'll be chatting to him about that. It's like, That's but there's, fucking there's so, insane. Because, like, when I, when I left the, the screening of it, like, I, I honestly uh, think it's one of the worst films I've ever seen. To quote... Like, Lee of Mc... all time, I think it's one of the worst films I've ever seen. To quote Lee McFerton at The Monster Closet on the Twitter, I actually really enjoyed it in a three out of five way, but I think my expectations were at floor level because I had read the forgettable book winky face right okay so there you go uh, gentlemen who wants to give us the um, who wants to give us the plot so the uh, synopsis is essentially virtual reality is like what everyone does in the future because the world has been completely fucked like there's no resources and there's no like money or joy to be found for most people on the planet so they revert to virtual reality to like not be bored basically yeah, to go to a place called the oasis the oasis yeah and then like within that the founder of the oasis dies and uh, has set up a competition where whoever finds three keys a uh, and like gets to like the easter egg an easter egg a uh, will inherit his shares in the company, which are like half a trillion dollars, yeah. and like they essentially own the Oasis and be able to kind of dictate mm-hmm. how it gets used in the future. Yeah, which is what all folk are what but vie for. But also Ben Mendelsohn is head of an evil corporation who yeah. want to take the Oasis and ruin it basically. because like, oh, the the Oasis is like a a free thing that anybody can use. But when if he inherits the stock shares, then they plan on making it. A paid, yeah, tiered thing, yeah, and uh, like, talks about loads of ads and all that stuff, yeah. Uh, so that is the setup. It, like it is weak as shit, and it does not get at any point any more intricate than that. Uh, yeah, it's it very is, much. Um, it is a fucking failure of a nineteen eighty four rip off. It is a failure of a Charlie and the Chocolate rip off. It is worse than the Emoji movie when it comes to fucking references and pop culture. It is fucking rubbish on every single level. I did not find one fucking scene enjoyable. And like after 10 minutes, I'm just nauseating, like just references getting crammed down my throat with no fucking context. My brain switched off and all I wanted was for the fucking film to end. I thought about walking out the cinema several times and only didn't because of this show and the fact that I was here, I was there watching it with... Neil and her mate Danny. Man, that was a lot of passion in that, man. That fucking, used to be building that's, up. Like, that's the thing, though, um, like, I've never felt so passionately about hating something since Ghost in the Shell came out. Which you okay. say you still hate Ghost in the Shell more. I hate Ghost in the Shell more because it's such a personal thing for me. Like, Ghost in the Shell is my favourite movie, and, like, that adaptation completely missed the fucking point. That's a personal thing for me. Like, Game Ready, is a personal thing. Ready for Player you. One is just so shit, and, like, not a personal level, just on every fucking, every possible way it could be terrible. Okay. It is terrible. You expected it to be bad though, right? Like, I, from the trailers and stuff, I thought it was going to be bad. And then, like a couple of days before it, I'd heard positive reviews from people who I thought were legitimate. <laughs> <laughs> 
and I kind of was expecting to go in and for it to be alright and yeah. it fucking wasn't uh, it really wasn't Neil there's there's that potato catch it your thoughts um, I absolutely hated this film it's Spielberg's worst um, it, I, I had low expectations going in because I thought the trailers were nauseating they're bad mm-hmm. but I didn't expect this to be Batman versus Superman bad <laughs> to the point where I think I would rather watch Batman versus Superman given oh, the choice I would also the, yeah. watch Batman versus Superman um, it's it's absolutely fucking horrific just from start to finish you're just getting battered with oh there's a battle to oh there's Chan Lee oh there's Tracer from Wolverine yeah, no, no, oh there's the Master oh, Chief there's yeah, the T-Rex from there's fucking King, Jurassic Park King King. and they it's just, just they just absolutely batter you with them at such a pace that every single reference becomes meaningless yeah yeah. I mean like they always were meaningless yeah other than like when you get like a reference in something else it's usually just like a nice oh that's pretty cool yeah, yeah. But, like in this one it's just there's yeah. so many yeah, so there's, frequently and, yeah, there's no context yeah and I think I've also come to a point where nostalgia is just nostalgia is so bereft in pop in pop culture at the moment yeah it's a really big thing especially but, 80s nostalgia yeah, yeah. folk like uh, folk who grew up in that era I, I'm okay with nostalgia as long as it's got depth behind it and context and, and yeah. this nostalgia is is just all it is there is to hide how thin the plot is the fact there's absolutely no character development yeah you the you, characters are all quite unlikable. Yeah, everything's really one-dimensional. Like, um, I mean, it was written in 2011, the book was written in 2011, but, like, that level of, like, fucking the woman is a trophy yeah. kind of trope is just really great now. Yeah. Mm. And it's, it's... The acting's absolutely terrible. Like, um, Ty Sheridan, who plays uh, Wade or... Parcival, as is as in Poundland, uh, Miles Teller. Yeah, that's what I called him yesterday. Miles Teller is actually correct. Who in turn, Miles yeah. Teller is just a, a pound store version of John Cusack. So this guy's wow, really yeah. second generation pound. Miles Teller's a just, pound store John Cusack. Ty, Ty Sheridan yeah. is just so dull. Yeah, and for a for a film where about at least 80% of it is computer generated so it's all voice acting mm-hmm. you'd think they'd actually have got people who are good at voice acting yeah. mm. the, the, the readings of a lot of these lines are just so weak mm-hmm. it's unreal yeah. and then you've got Ben Mendelsohn who is an actor I like Yeah. but all he's doing is, spoof, is essentially his character is a spoof of Krennic the, uh, from Rogue one. one it's pretty much the same character it's, yeah. the whole thing is just horrendous and it's kind of it contradicts itself so many times in terms yeah. of its messaging. Yeah. Like the whole the whole thing, what I got from it was, uh, what it was trying to say is like, oh, corporate America is this big evil. Uh, we should allow artists to do whatever they want, and their their art should be free for everybody. <laughs> okay, fair enough. But when you've got a scene where Mendelssohn's kind of talking about that kind of stuff, trying to get. Uh, uh, Wade to, to join him and Wade just goes uh, a, fa- a fanboy can spot, can a, spot hater. a hater uh, whilst this film is exactly, exactly that yeah. mm-hmm. it's a cynic it's such a cynical tick box enterprise of just trying to appeal to mean culture definitely it's 
I mean, like, the, the is, thing is, is, is like, it, Spiel, Spielberg has always kind of been into video games. Like, I'm pretty sure he, he made a game called, like, yeah. Battle Blocks or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like, he made a video game, yeah. and, like, he's talked about doing video game stuff in the past. So, like, it's not like um refuting Spielberg's passion for gaming yeah. and that stuff. Like, I'm not saying, like, he is that total fucking, you know, hater square mm-hmm. kind of character. Yeah. Like, a... But, like... I mean, he is one of the richest people on the fucking yeah. planet. Yeah. Like, uh, working for, you know, Himself, Hollywood. Much, yeah. And, like, just... Yeah. Everything about the message he tries to put out is, like, so hypocritical that yeah. he's the one doing well, it. It also kind of like, falls into um, one of the things that I kind of don't like in the Lex Spielberg films, where a lot of the subtext is about the breakdown of the American family, where he's yeah. just continually trying to work out his parents' divorce, where you've got... The character of Halliday to the, becomes deified to a point, uh, but Wade kind of the way Wade kind of looks at him, it's almost as if he's searching for this surrogate father figure. Well, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that that was one of my bigger problems with the film in general as well. Though it was like this idea that the the entire ethos of the place is like so wrapped up in treating this guy like a fucking god. Yeah. When like everything you see about him, he's just a dweeby programmer yeah and a it's like a horrendous treatment of women yeah like it's it's just it's that way where the the show the writer of the actual book like it was obviously kind of really into his 80s stuff and that Mm. but like when you set a movie in 2045 and have your character being that young and not even really try to conceal the idea that the nostalgia that he is promoting isn't even stuff he's got nostalgia for. Yeah. It's nostalgia for his idols yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, no, it's not even no, that's the wrong word. It's like an adoration for his idols nostalgia, yeah. even it's second hand nostalgia. Yeah. It just rings false. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean that I yeah, I really that irritated me as well. I'm like, this character was born when and this film is set when and yet they're they're going on about pop nineteen eighties like it was just what ten years twenty years ago and it did make sense like you said uh, Halliday's character is very much I liked Mark Rylance's performance in it if I'm honest I I quite liked him in it um but yeah uh I hear what you're saying here and something else like you were talking about the message wise and you brought this up Pac which is actually very interesting um <clears throat> thanks Tom is the the idea that <laughs> everything is so shit about the world that you have to escape the oasis. You could be a lonely person, you could be a single person, you could do this, that and the other. What then happens with the main character? Yeah, he he becomes a trillionaire and has a love life and therefore realises that spending lots of time in VR is not like amazingly healthy and that you should spend more time in the real world. Saying that now as a fucking rich person with a girlfriend with a fulfilling relationship and uh, they decide to be able to turn off the Oasis for everybody mandatorily for two days every week. So everybody else who is lonely or poor or even an amputee victim uh, and, like, you know, goes to the Oasis to be able to fucking Take their, deal yeah, with that. Yeah. It's escapism in a world that is way worse than the world we are currently inhabiting. Mm-hmm. Fuck you guys, because I think video games shouldn't be played as much as the theme of this. Yeah, but it's that way as well. It's because, like, oh, Halliday has that chat with him and he talks about how this is real and we need to do this, we need to do that. And I was like, I'm not buying that. And I also don't buy uh, the the very last scene you see with Ben Mendelsohn. There's 
No fuck. Oh, when he doesn't shoot him in the, the head. There's no fucking... So, why does we, he not we do did it? Not, like, did we really say we were going to spoil the shit out of this? I, I think I kind of hinted I, at it earlier. I've just, I've like, just spoiled it. It, 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 it <laughs> tends to be the case, like, when we fucking hate a film as much as this, that we will just fucking... Yeah. yeah. Ex- say exactly what we hate about it. Yeah. yeah. But this is well, like, this, this, the film takes so many. Well, no, the film asks you to take so many leaps in logic uh, as it kind of lurches from moment to moment. Uh, like for instance, you've got uh, Parsifal's pals online. He's not in a clan because he doesn't. He clan doesn't clan up. up. Um, you know that's exactly what playing with the same set of people yeah. all the time is. So he's got his pals who are dotted all over the country. Some of which are all over the world. All over the world, yes. Um, and there's a section where the 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 rebels get raided, so his girlfriend chucks him out the out the building. He runs away. She blocks off the door. He can't get back. Sends out a text message, and within three minutes, one of his pals who Said lives in Detroit. Detroit yeah. This is set in Columbus, Ohio. Look at a map, people, and you will find. That is not a few minute journey. I mean, that's not even the most ridiculous bit, though, because in oh, the van is the Chinese and the Japanese guy. Yeah. So, like, they just happen to be in fucking Ohio as well. Yeah. It's just everybody is in Ohio. Why is everyone, like, the headquarters, uh, IOI, mm. is in Ohio? Like, it's like, fuck off, man. It's just, I mean, that's one of the least offensive things about the movie, though, yeah. because, like, by that point, I had already just been fucking sick of it so much that like, yeah. I didn't care. I mean, I, I, like, you were talking about like the pop culture references. I mean, when you put it, like, I, I forgot to say this earlier. It's like, let's look at like a, like, look at a show like Stranger Things, right? Like, that's quite, a, a lot of, that's really popular. It's been critically successful. It is a show that's set in the 80s and whatnot. And there's, it's got a lot of aspects of like 80s culture, 80s um, storytelling and 80s kind of like films and TV shows in there. But there's context to it. Yeah, like Stranger Things doesn't go, oh look, Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. Yeah. I mean, like, exactly. Like, it kind of does every now and again. No, but it does occasionally. It is yeah. so but much more almost, sparing with that. Yeah, almost like, every re- big reference that they make in this film, they go, this is this, or because of this, and this guy did this because of that. Uh, because that. Yeah. Look how much but, knowledge but, yeah. uh, it kind of revels like, in its, its own smartiness. It's, yeah. yeah, it's like the, the part of like gamer culture and geek culture that like everybody fucking hates yeah, like everybody's like, like, right, rightly so it's like yeah. it's every character in this movie is the comic book guy from the Simpsons yeah yeah. like it's every like, fucking yeah. one of them yeah there's a couple of bits where like again um, when um, is it Zed his name is H H sorry when he Wait, also the reveal of that was so blatantly obvious when you first heard yeah. him talk well Wade when he when he gets the first key oh you're talking the main guy yeah sorry oh, right, Wade, Wade. Sorry. when Wade gets his first key and then the um, Goro comes and mm. picks him up and puts him through, and then uh, the and aliens puts yeah, out of that, yeah. and you're like, "There's absolutely no need yeah. for this. It's just to show, look, this is here, yeah, this is Goro." One of my one of the worst things I hated about it is when there's the great battle at the end, and you see the say anything bit with the fucking. Oh, the the, yeah. the blaster is like there is know, no reason for that other to show the audience. Do you remember this yeah. film? It's like there's no fucking reason for it. It's just forced nostalgia wrapped see, in shit. See yeah. if I'd went to this film on my own and <laughs> hadn't been sitting in the middle of the role when me you and Danny went and saw it was a full cinema. We're stuck right in the middle of a role. 
It was fucking roasting as well. But see if I'd went on my own, I would have walked out. I like I, honestly I like at out. least three or four separate times I did actually think about just fucking leaving. Because hmm. uh, I, I realised quite early on that there was nothing in this for yeah. me at all. And like honestly, like what this at the end of the movie all I could think about was how much it was like a shitty challenge chocolate factory. And it wasn't until like I mean, I spent most of the day yesterday after watching that film thinking about how much I hated it and looking at other yeah. like kind of people hating it. There's a podcast devoted to how shit it is <laughs> called "372 Pages Will Never Get Back." Like, uh, a, I actually have to look. Yeah, and like I, I listened to the first three hours of that podcast, mm. and like I, I fell asleep listening to that actually, and like just it was really cathartic to fucking mm. just know that I'm not alone in yeah. my hatred of it. It just really confuses me to see people love it, like to see I people know, defend folk, it. Folk like, like it, man. That's the end. Of it. It's it's a, that's yeah, folks' I opinion. Mean, there's a lot just, of lame people out like, there. So. I I just don't. I, I think I wish I could have watched this and went. That was fun. Yeah, like yeah. Well, so, I, I so don't, many I people want to be that. So many people seem to have to that reaction to it, but like I did not get that because yeah. like I was just wishing for it to fucking end. Like oh, yeah. I wasn't like this isn't this is fluff. This is turn your brain off and enjoy it. It was like so in your face. And another an, another kind of weird thing I noticed, like and I don't know if you kind of found it as well. I thought a lot for a game which is set completely in well not for a film that is set. Primarily in a computer-generated world, a lot of the CG was pretty rubbish. Yeah, it was ropey. Yeah, it was yeah. ropey. And this is something I've noticed. Uh, like Ready Player One's released by Warner's it's Amblin Productions. Yeah, I do believe. Mm-hmm. But I also know this is something I've noticed a wee bit. Tomb Raider again, another Warner's mm-hmm. had really ropey CGI. Justice League has really ropey CGI. I mean, the Marvel Wonder, movies do as well. Yeah, man. I know, but like, not as much. Uh, it's because all these Wonder things Woman get farmed out to different companies yeah. all the time. That's but why it, like it's all. It just it seems it seems more of a problem at Warner's. Mm. Mm. Everything coming out of Warner's that's CGI mm. heavy just doesn't look they very need, good. They need to do like films like Winter Soldier, where there's absolutely no CGI. None at all. That was all. But they built those helicopters. That all happened. Uh, yeah, but like, like see, see, like the, epic, in the in the in the days since I watched it, though, like the the kind of thing that really has kind of sunk in with me is that this movie is for nostalgia. What scary movie was back in the day to horror or whatever? Do you mean it's like it's that? Yeah, it's that whole kind of thing. Like when those no, movies came that, out. This is this is played so poor face straight. But that, that's the, it's the same thing. It's the same feeling. That like when scary movie and epic movie and superhero movie and all that shit was coming out, right. it was just like these are fucking trash. And then and this, is, this is like legions that of trash. But, oh yeah, that, this is the thing. That those movies you mentioned, they they made fucking tons. And the thing about Ready Player One is, again, depend on the audience. You're saying I can't believe folk like this. There's gonna be folk in that audience that love all that nostalgia things because it's just I, oh that's nostalgic. I know a guy who does. Yeah. And then there's and then there's gonna be another group where it's like kids are gonna love it because the, yeah, they well, love those kind of games like Minecraft the, and stuff like that's that. That's the only it's thing covering all like, these demographics. I, yeah, I, I could, it's a tech box I could absolutely yes, see absolutely like, if if you were ten year olds watching that, I could fucking absolutely understand them loving it. Yeah, but like those are the only people I can understand loving it I don't understand how people my age or older can watch that and find it entertaining I just don't do, get it do, do you think right here's a question because I mean I know like um, like like 
Do you think, for example, like your sister would like that film? Because you definitely. Know, Again, she nostalgia. You know, she she probably sees a lot of like, like that, and she's a wee bit older than you, so she but the sees thing a lot is, of that kind of eighty stuff. And like, like, that's great. This is gonna sound really bad, but like, Mary, Mary doesn't think about things critically like that. Like, she'll just no, but, watch but, it, but, and that's but, it. But, but like, this is what I'm saying. You know, you're saying how folk are saying, "Oh, well, how can they not see it?" You'll get folk that just will watch it, not critically think I mean, as she, a plot as this could, kind could of. Could she argued then Mary maybe lives a better life than us. She's certainly <laughs> probably happier. But this is what I'm saying is like she can sit there and but happily she, I mean, watch like, that and enjoy it, whereas her, me, her and her husband fucking love Doctor Who. And like a fucking hate Doctor Who. No, but just, okay. just like Doctor in general, but he hates it. But he's like, but Paco, you hate that. And you're like, I can't believe folk like that. There's folk that I enjoy some of the Doctor Who. And I'm like, I know what it is, so what? But, you know, there's other, but then there's stuff that you like. Like, I'm like, you like Voyager. And I can't believe yeah, you like Voy- Voyager. Voyager's, like Voyager's fucking great. Look, see, this is what I'm talking about. It's like, I can't believe you like that. But you, again, you're like, I can't believe some folk like Ready Player no, but One. Like, there's like so many things that I don't like where I can understand other people liking them. Doctor Who and Ready Player One are not those things. I can't believe you like Voyager. <laughs> I can't believe... Yeah. And he was saying the other day, he's like, I'm going to go back and watch all of it again. I'm like, why, why would you do Why? That? I'm going to watch... Because like, I've, I've now got to the point where I've got like most of a season of the original series left and I will have watched every episode of every Star Trek show. So why would you go back? Because there's nothing to replace it, Neil. I've also watched well, every... We've still got Babylon I'm 5 to I'm sure there's plenty of TV I've, shows you I can have seen cover. all of Babylon 5. I bet not in I've ages. I've seen all of Stargate. I've seen all of... What was the other one? The Expanse. Like, the only science fiction show I, don't, I think I haven't seen every episode of uh, is Farscape. I don't think I want to go. No, Andromeda was always terrible when it was like well, I don't know. Channel, <laughs> channel 5 bullshit. Again, <laughs> that's Channel 5 bullshit to you, but you'll sit and watch Voyager and like, this is daft as fuck. But it was good though. It's not though. But it that's was... what the point being is you get folk, they got different, obviously, like different things, right? But I, we didn't like this, but I can understand why certain folk of a certain demographic, of a certain age, whatever, will sit and watch that and be like, yeah, whatever. Um, Positives, right? There's not a lot to go on. <laughs> what positives? Not a lot of things going. I will say that there T. was. T. Miller. There was one. He bit. was good, but again, a lot of the reference making killed what could have been yeah. funny. Yeah, I, I thought Mark Rylance was. Uh, I liked Mark Rylance's performance in it. I um, didn't enjoy Mark Rylance. I thought he was a really. What's the word I'm looking for? The stereotypical view of that kind of. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, that kind of programmer nerd. That just wants to have his wee game and not not understand the concept that video games is a fucking business. <laughs> Fuck uh, his utopia, uh, fucking wee prick. Um, I making making that for, woman for dance a, for a for wee bit forever. For a wee bit, I actually enjoyed some of the shining stuff that was in there. Oh, Tom, the shining stuff's the worst. It's not the, shining, it's not the worst. The shining, no, okay, it's not the worst. The, the shining bit, the only bit that interested me in that, that was trying to work out whether or not they had fully redeveloped this in CG that, or if they were using old footage. That was, the, that was the only thing that I found even remotely but, interesting about it. But like, even okay, it was, but I said earlier that they deify this holiday character. The shining part of it makes his character an absolute cunt. Yeah. Why? Am I just going to totally spoil it? Yeah. Right, okay, so the whole thing, the second clue is um, creator hates this thing that he's created. Mm -hmm. So they go into The Shining because Stephen King hated the film of The Shining. Yeah. Uh, 
and the whole the whole way to get the key is um, the wee bit backstory where Halliday went on this date with uh, the woman who would become Simon Pegg's wife because of yeah. course Simon Pegg's Kira, in this fucking I think film. Her name is. Um, and it doesn't go well and it's a thing he's completely regretted his whole life mm-hmm. so to make that to make this um, this key challenge the way you win that is he's got the avatar of this woman perpetually who, trapped perpetually in a trapped. haunted ballroom yeah dancing with zombies <laughs> and it's like the only way you can save her is to ask her to dance so this guy is so petty is mm-hmm. so kind of fucked up that he has chosen instead of just going alright this guy this woman's dinged me went my pal I'll move on in my life he's so bitter about it that he's locked what is essentially this woman mm. perpetually for the end of time I mean you'd need to imagine that she doesn't have the full range of human emotions though like she's just an avatar I imagine she did Tommy right. uh, Paco I imagine I, she did I am with you not because uh, I mean that is a horror movie in itself there, no? but even, but like, even the thought you also, of it, you also the find thought out, process to you also that. find out later on though like uh, when Simon Pegg talks about oh you figured out that Kira was the key that Karen was the key and a pound shop Miles Teller says to him it's like but she wasn't you were the thing he regretted most was losing his friendship mm. so like why would they have that whole set up yeah. like you yeah. know Simon Pegg's missus who died uh, if like the real reason that he was depressed was because of Simon Pegg yeah it's just, I th- that, just that, like you just, said just, you're okay. right in that but I think as I said, I, I'm not saying I like the setup of that I just like the wee kind of shining bits not all of it but just but it's like Oh, this is good. Yeah, like when they walk when they walk through that door and there's the hall. Yeah, the yeah, like, But there's but it's like, that's pretty neat. Yeah. But then it just turns to shit again. Yeah, but see that bit as well. Where he's like, like again, he's like, he's like, you haven't seen The Shining. You're like, what the fuck are you talking about, man? That film was made in 1980. Yeah. And you're 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 getting onto this guy. What was it you said? Like. Uh, Rich Evans not say something along the lines of that. Red Letter Media guys are like, it's the equivalent of like somebody, t- like a teenager today, turning around to one of his fucking school peers and going, "You haven't seen Casablanca? What the fuck?" Yeah, it's like, just it's fucking stupid. Douche. Anyway, yeah, that whole thing is fucking awful. Yeah, like again, if if someone was to say, "Can you describe in one word?" I'm like, lame. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, it, it is lame. ruined. Like. Ref- references have always been kind of just low hanging fruit anyway it, it, like now whenever one happens in something I'll just be like it, it felt like watching the Big Big Bang Theory yeah. on just steroids of awfulness it was, yeah, it was the, the emoji movie with less substance yeah. wow um, well on that note we're going to wrap it up for this week guys um Join us next week uh, when we'll see a bunch of stuff. Probably not as bad as Ready Player One, but who knows? <laughs> don't know. Have you seen what's out this week? Uh, well, <laughs> what is it? I don't know. Um, unsafe. No, that's unsafe. That's unsafe. unsafe. Yeah, that looks rubbish. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm quite fancy uh, Paddy Constantine's new movie Journeyman. So I don't know. I'll, I'll definitely watch that by next week. Is was that was a British or American production? It's British. Nine yeah, weeks until Infinity War. Yeah, not long now. Fucking How long? Even less before Soul, right? Well, what did you say? How long till Infinity War? Nine weeks for Infinity War. No, no, no. no, no. Nine, uh, Infinity War is this, 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 this month. Is it? Aye. Yeah. Fuck's sake. Is it nine weeks until Solo? Yeah. 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 But who cares? I'll watch it. I'm watching. I'm just. I, I'm, this is one time I've not been excited for a Star Wars I, I'm film. morbidly curious to see 
Of course. Where'd they go with that? Of course. It's just it might ruin more of your childhood. Nah. A film can't ruin your childhood, Tommy. That's nonsense. Could it pick away at it a wee bit? Because you, no, love, star, you no, love old Star Wars. No, because if I can find a menace, it's already done that. All right, it's already so. done that. Okay, that's fine. You heard it here, folks. His soul is officially dead because of the Phantom Menace. Uh, yeah, so join us next week. Uh, thanks for coming along, Neil. Hope you enjoyed uh, no yourself. Worries. Thanks very much. Uh, yeah, me and Paco. Oh, well, I know. Do I know good? Thanks. Thanks, Paco, for being here. For, keep going. Yeah, just thanks for being here. <laughs> I guess. All right, that was Raps in the Kitchen. 